commence primary ignition. Primary ignition. This is the way. This is the way. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. What is up, all of you Ugnots and Jawas out there? And welcome back to yet again another episode of the Book of Boba Fett After Show presented by the boys of Mando Talk. And joining me, first of all, I am Caleb Keller, but joining me is the second boy, but he's first in your hearts, DJ Foster at Rebel Scum Texan. What's up, man? <laughs> number one on the field and number one in your heart. I if somebody can tell me what movie I just referenced, drop it in the comments. That's your trivia for this evening. I'm doing great. I'm glad uh, everybody is. Uh, we're going to have some people probably slowly join us this evening, but it's always a good time to, to talk some spoilers from our our episode of Book of Boba Fett and see how horribly wrong our predictions were from Tuesday in some yeah. cases. I know I know me. I've got a solid 50 percent. Um that I'm rocking and uh ooh look at this straight uh -oh. here from from my own cantina I have flautas delivered oh. by my wife just now <laughs> yeah yeah Very nice. so that's what we're rocking tonight <laughs> that's what we got today we got some flautas yeah. well anyway yeah. <laughs> there was one thing that I wanted to say here before we got going. We I just realized before we went live, um, we hit 140 subscribers here on YouTube. Now, for some reason, that number looked and sounded good. So I, for, I did like a quick Google search of 140 Star Wars. I wanted to see if there was something out there that was significant for Star Wars in that number of 140. Couldn't really find anything except that Chiroot, the character from Rogue One, his punk uh, punk his uh funko pop bobblehead number is 140 so we have hit oh. uh chiroot's bobblehead number of subscribers <laughs> let's awesome. keep growing though let's keep going i love that <laughs> so uh, if you That's have hilarious. not if you have not hit that subscribe button make sure that you smash that we would greatly appreciate it but listen we are ready and i see the people are coming in and and i'm hyped uh we got rafa says hi guys the best bounty hunters team appreciate that zach what's up zach it's been a minute man he what said a finally man. a really good episode of boba there's a lot of people that feel that way blue harvest man. brick says hey mando talkers and miss sunflower is also here we got a lot of action going so thank you so much and hey tell a friend to tell a friend send a link real quick say hey if you've been watching book of boba come hang out with me in the chat uh these guys have a lot of fun that's all we do here but let's go ahead it's time. It's the after show. It's time to talk some spoilers. But, you know, I, I feel like I did this last week, too. I don't like tooting my own horn, but let's revisit the predictions that we made on Tuesday, shall we? And I'll just go ahead and say the things that I got correct, and then I'll pass it to DJ for you to get correct. And this is, and yeah. we're going to brag. We're going to brag. This is a reason for you to be here on Tuesdays yeah. at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time for our <laughs> predictions. First prediction from me, Boba Fett will be seen hunting down and destroying the Kentan Striders biker gang. Check. Number two, Boba Fett comes across Fennec Shan in the sands of Tatooine. Come on. Come on. Let's go. That I still can't believe you got that. <laughs> perfectly. Number three, Boba Fett retrieves his ship from Jabba's palace. Number four was a big miss, though. Lorth Appeal reports to the Mayor Pikes regarding Boba threatening him. We could potentially see that still. Definitely not in chapter four, though. Number five, Boba Fett is training with the Rancor and is given a name, and the tease of Boba beginning to ride the Rancor is made. Definitely didn't get that, uh, but we did get a cool little tease of that Rancor. That is one thing I was very shocked by, that we didn't get any Rancor kind of moments. But we'll continue on. Number six and the final yeah. one, the crime bosses are welcomed inside Boba's palace for a meal. Um, guys, we did pretty good. Come on. But DJ, you even did pretty good too. What was yours? I didn't do too bad. Well, I got, I got a solid 50% on this. So, um, that's a failing grade, but I'll take three out of six any day on just a pure guess. So, Absolutely. so I got me and you had a couple things that were the same. Uh, the dinner with the crime Lords happened. I, I 
guessed that one would take place. And I also thought Boba was going to seek revenge on the Kenton Strider biker gang, which he did. And in a glorious fashion, I might add. Um, and speaking of what he did with a glorious fashion, flying his ship, I, I, I was ready to see the fire spray come down and Boba Fett. He did it. He 100% sprayed fire he like sprayed a daggum dragon. <laughs> it was like, it was like smog hitting the people of Lake town and the Hobbit. I mean, Ooh, it was good stuff. Quick Lord of the Rings related plug. If you guys it's haven't super- checked it out, I did a, I did a trailer reaction to the new Lord of the Rings TV series called the Rings of Power. So go check out that after you're done watching the live stream this evening. So anyway, I got all those right. The things I got wrong was the Pikes having a greater presence. Uh uh-uh. Boba will begin riding the Rancor. Nope. And the Pikes set up the Kenton Strider biker gang. Not in this episode. It could have yeah. happened. Maybe we'll see. We still got what three episodes left before this is over so we got, we got three more we there's got three a lot more. of stuff that can happen there's yeah, a lot I, of stuff and that i can have happen. a feeling that there's going to be a lot of predictions for chapter five next week so sure. again just make sure that you're here and uh shout out to tim shout out to timothy who we who have just arrived to the chat appreciate what you up, being tim? here tim's Let's. a good friend of mine yeah tim, okay. sweet, tim actually sweet. he actually co-admins a group with me on facebook called rebel alliance theological seminary so lots go. of good Star Wars memes over there. So howdy, Tim. Good to see you. Well, listen, all the folks that are there in the chat, do us a favor. Let us know what you thought of Chapter 4 of the Book of Boba Fett as we run through this. You know how we do it here. We go linearly to make sure that we don't miss anything. We pause. We stop. We talk about things that need to be discussed about. We pause. We stop to discuss the things that you guys bring up in the chat. So yes. let's bring the energy on this week's after show i cannot wait to get to the moment at the very end and if you're here you know what that moment is we're mando <laughs> talk and we're putting the mando back in the mando talk and i cannot wait and i can't wait to get to that moment of this episode but let's kick off the episode like we always do with our opener um, kind of the opening moments that we get from this episode and well actually no i lied i gotta tell you first the gathering storm that was the title it was not oh yeah boots on the ground as dj predicted uh but we didn't include that what are you gonna do? That, that wasn't that wasn't one to take seriously what are you, what are you gonna do what are you gonna do <laughs> director <laughs> kevin tanchero in something like that i don't i don't know how to pronounce his last no name. no idea Thank you, Kevin. You did great. And then three, Absolutely. the writer on every single chapter so far has been the man himself, John Favreau. Uh, DJ, like I do every week, thoughts on the title of The Gathering Storm? It's it a great title. Perfect title. I mean, it's exactly what you would think from the episode. If you've seen it, you know the order of events, you know, how everything went down. It makes sense that there is a storm a brewing as there's a storm of brewing, as I like to say. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever said that on, on Mando Talk, but I do say it in my personal life quite often. But anyway, the gathering storm, he is gathering something, and it definitely didn't go the way I thought it was, it was going to happen. So, but it's still neat that it did. And now we have uh, my sister Savannah has shown up in the chat saying, listening to us in the car while getting a milkshake. Oh, there hey, you go. in like an hour, can you bring me one? That'd be great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> there you go. There you go. What are hey, siblings hey, for you can if you can't request a milkshake? Too. You can deliver one to me, too. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't make her uh, say not drive to Tennessee. She'll head up to Nashville real quick. Hey. Hey, Nashville is a hopping city, man. We got the Tennessee Titans about to get that dub this weekend. Let's uh, go. That makes Let's me, go. Anyway, it's still anyway. it's still kind of uh it's still kind of a hard pill to swallow over here, man. With the Cowboys, oh, yeah. makes me sad. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Let's bring Literally, the energy back up, though. Come yeah, on. Let's, let's get back to Book of Boba. Let's get back to Book of Boba. Okay, so those were those are DJ's thoughts on the title, and I always like, you know, passing it to him to share those. Let's get into the content, shall we? The opener, which is just straight up a flashback. I believe that is kind of a sidebar prediction that we had kind of discussed about the episode actually starting with a flashback, and we get Boba traveling by Bantha, where he goes to Jabba's palace to scout out the security with interest to retrieve his fire sprayer now boba is having a fireside meal with his bantha and suddenly we get these flashes in the night sky which as soon as i saw this i thought 
oh, that's the episode where Mando and uh, poor man's Han Solo. I can't remember his name because that's how poor man's Han Solo he is. Yes. <laughs> are attacking after uh, or going after Fennec Shan. And then we get the moment of Boba approaching and 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 rescuing and, and getting Fennec Shan that was and I put this in the notes left for dead on the sands of Tatooine. I think it's extremely cool. Mm -hmm. The storytelling parallel that's going on with these two characters. Yes. Boba was rescued by the Tuscans. Boba became a Tuscan. Boba saved yeah. Finnick like a Tuscan. Like it's it's beautiful. Beautiful storytelling. It's there. like poetry. It, it rhymes. What did you think of the <laughs> opener? <laughs> I, I got to be honest with you. This is not what I expected. I mean, I definitely thought it would open on the crime boss dinner and I'm glad it didn't in retrospect. Um, but I also wasn't 100% sure if we would get this uh, Fennec Shand tie-in as far as where it got into it. Just I mean, I didn't want to believe it would happen because I thought, really, what's the point? They mentioned it off screen. Do we really need to see it on screen? Now that we have seen it on screen, it's really nice. Very similar in parallel to Han meeting Chewie in Solo, a Star Wars story. Very like, You kind of like... Maybe if we'd have gone another 20 years, we would have wondered, well, how did Finnick and Boba actually get together? You know, and now we don't have to worry about that. We only had to wait a week, basically. So it's nice that that's kind of the case. I loved this opening. I thought everything going on with him trying to scout out, you know, as you have this image on our screens right now, this uh, him scouting out the palace and trying to figure out how he's going to get into Jabba's garage. It, it, it's awesome to me. You know, I, I love this whole opening. I thought it was great. Made me want to go camping, actually. Really, hey, it really made me want to go camping. I'll be honest man, with you. I love a good camp. I love a good camp. And we too, got a man. couple fireside little meals. Yeah, I, I got those vibes. I feel that. Yeah, it was good. It was cool. I loved it. I don't know yeah. where they're getting all the wood, though, for these fires on a sandy planet, but we'll cross wow, that bridge another day, I suppose. The, broke the episode. Here we go. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I mean, excuse me for having questions. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, opener thought it was great i mean for me because because i knew i made that prediction i, I stood up at, i i got pumped like i was like let's go let's go and i <laughs> knew awesome. at that moment too that i i knew this chapter was going to be a good one and a very satisfying one from that moment so i was just grinning ear to ear uh after that so after we get through that opener boba then takes finnick to be mechanically healed to a group of modifiers. Now, this group is very similar to this group that Boba in Chapter 3 um, hired, in which I have been kind of critical of, of him quickly hiring that group. But does this mm -hmm. moment of this group of modifiers healing or reviving, saving Finnick, does it make that quick hire of a similar group in Chapter 3 seem more justified? What do you think, DJ? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes sense. Boba <clears throat> had taken Finnick to people who could repair her. And literally, I, I'm not going to say like it is a repair. It, you know, it's literally mending yeah. together something. And so since, you know, basically took them. And I, I just as a sidebar, I love that these modifiers, they gave me tattoo shop vibes. I thought that was really neat. Uh -huh. It's kind of like some some people, you know, look at tattoos and think it's kind of taboo. And to me, I saw this as like, this is a very taboo thing for Star Wars. Mm. So I thought it was neat that they kind of played on that in the punk rock feel. All that stuff was great to me. But it doesn't, it, it, do, it actually makes chapter three a whole lot better because you get to understand, oh, that's why Boba hired these people because he already had a modifier working for him. So it, it makes sense to me. And I think it, it definitely helps. It does justify it. And it makes, like I said, it makes chapter three, you know, that that much better for sure. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of on board now as far as him quickly hiring them as well. But like it did kind of I have to admit, it did kind of bother me just how quick he did it just because uh, they were quick to be able to give good comebacks. Like that was really the only thing that he was kind of basing that off of. But now that we have this history of this. I, I mean, I guess I'm just going to call them a group. Maybe they they know of each other. Uh, they share similar kind of interests or cultural mm -hmm. kind of things to where Boba understands these people a little bit more, and that's why he made that call. So I'm getting there with that group, and this scene kind of did it. And I did want to mention this. I saw this on Twitter. I have not been able to verify, but I believe the, the uh, boy that's – if you're on YouTube, it's in the background of this picture that's – 
displayed. I believe that is Ming-Na Wen's son. I read that on oh, Twitter. Cool. I have not confirmed that, but if that is the case, absolutely love that because we've talked about it here on Mando Talk that Star Wars is all about family, and we family. love those family yeah. moments. Okay. Yeah, I didn't catch that at all. That's awesome. Yeah, and again, I think that's the, the truth, but you know you know how Twitter is. You know how you it is. You never know. <laughs> all right, so Finnick then awakens, and the two bond slowly begins uh they're kind of on you know fireside they're having discussions boba when boba introduces himself it's made clear that boba is believed to be dead across the galaxy because Phoenix, like you're you're not boba because you're dead something like that uh finnick questions this was really interesting to me finnick questions if speed bikers really defeated the tuscans i Mm -hmm. think and and we don't want to bleed into prediction mode we're probably going to come back to that statement if I yeah. if I had to assume. Uh, and then Boba asked Finnick to help him recover his fire spray gunship from Jabba's palace to settle her debt to him. And she agrees. I enjoyed this moment. I enjoyed them kind of making that initial bond. One thing, though, that did cross my mind is we know from watching the Bad Batch that Finnick is well aware of the way the clones look, Omega, the Bad Batch. Did she did she not make that connection or does that still kind of fit what any thoughts on that? I don't think she cares. Okay, I think she she kind of falls in line with um, I'm not gonna say she falls in line with the Jedi, but I will say she falls in line with that thinking that every clone has a soul. Every clone is different than the other clone. They are their own person, which Mm. would be very important to a clone, which Boba is. So with that being the case. I don't think she really particularly cares. There's a there's maybe a chance that we'll get something in Bad Batch season two later this year that will explain some of that uh, connection. I don't know. I I really don't know because it looks like this episode's really where Boba and Finnick meet for the first time ever. So I'm not saying she's going to hang out with Boba in Bad Batch, but there's maybe something that happens in Bad Batch where she comes back and you know there's a whole thing. So, but I think it's interesting to note for sure. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to kind of uh, see what yeah. you thought about that. But what did you think of this overall scene before we move to the next part of the? No, episode? I mean, it, no, I thought it was great. The whole, okay. everything about this is great. Where she's questioning the bikers, and I think that's going to play into some predictions for next week for sure. Mm-hmm. So y'all come back Tuesday for our predictions. That way we can really hash those things out as well, because that's yeah. one of the best parts, honestly, about getting ready for each episode is getting to do our predictions. And I'm sure that we, you guys, and, and we all have a lot of different kind of predictions going into uh, next Wednesday for sure. But yeah. I'm ready to get into this next part because this next part was really what got my blood pumping. I'm yeah. Being honest. Well, and, and before we get there, I do just want to say Miss Sunflower said maybe Finnick will recruit Omega and Bad Batch. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm all for that. That I'm would be nuts. Continued connection with with those uh, characters. Wow. So we do imagine. then transition to Finnick agrees to help Boba uh, recover his ship to, you know, repay the debt that, of him saving yeah. her. Um, and, and Finnick uses this really cool mini probe droid that reminded me of Darth Maul in episode one, but it's just like updated tech. Loved this little thing. I wish I had one. I wish I had one. Uh, but it kind of scouts out the palace and in this moment, Boba sets the Bantha free and expresses his next steps that he wants to get the armor. He wants to kill the bloated pig who double crossed him and take his throne. And there was this really cool quote that I pulled. I'm tired of working for idiots who are going to get me killed. And for some reason, I immediately thought of, too, though, like Boba's worked for Darth Vader before. Is he throwing shade at our at our favorite Sith Lord? I think it's more so delivered toward Jabba and Bib Fortuna, but I did think mm-hmm. of Darth there for a second. Like, does Boba think that uh, Darth Vader's an idiot? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I, I never, that never even crossed my mind, but just based <laughs> on what I know about the Boba Vader relationship, I would imagine that Boba was not talking about Vader. I think that, you know, yeah. he was very, he was chummy with Vader to a certain extent, but only, only so far as it, you know, got him paid when it was all said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I want to say this about this probe droid. Uh-huh. When it came back and scanned and had the scan of the palace and everywhere that they needed to go, were you just not a little overwhelmed at the number of the red dots that popped up? Because oh, yeah. it, it reminded me, it reminded me of playing like uh, Assassin's Creed. If you get an Assassin's mm. Creed, your little mini map has all those red dots that pop up everywhere. If you like get into a fight, because they just keep coming and keep coming until like you get them all or you run off and yeah. you're able to hide. 
that's what that reminded me of for a second. I was like, oh my gosh, there's only two of them in this tiny droid and a bantha. What are they going to do? <laughs> I was, I was just, I was just impressed that like the scanner just kept going yeah, and kept going and it kept kinda, going. I was like, oh man. Another kind of video game connection there. I think it's Batman Arkham, like the very first one where you had the ability yeah. to kind of see through walls. Kind of reminded me of that. Yes, you know, I you were able that. to kind of mentally game plan how, how he's going to be able to execute the next steps. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Really cool. I, I like you said, I love that the probe, the little probe droid. Uh, let's see here. What's next? What's next? Boba and Fennec sneak inside the palace and go inside the kitchen. Droids are preparing a meal. The knife welding droid basically turns into General Grievous. General Grievous. <laughs> <laughs> then another droid arrives, which I believe this other droid, I don't remember its name. But I've seen it before. I think it's Clone Wars uh, where it arrives and, and Boba calls it a quick little bugger that shuts itself off when yeah. caught by Boba Fett. This was definitely the comedic moments of the chapter. Not a whole lot of like material yes. there. But what did you think of this moment? It was nice seeing these droids. Um, these different. The, first of all, we got the droid that was um, there similar in the cantina to yes. Mando season one. In fact, I don't. it can't be the same droid. Because right. where we're at in the chronologicalness of the show, they have to be two different droids. They just mm -hmm. they have to be. Um, otherwise, they painted themselves into a corner. But the knife droid, 100%, reminded me of Grievous. It was hilarious. The second I saw it, I was like, "This is General Grievous." I was even in a Facebook group talking to some guys and people about this, and they this one person said, um, "I actually used the GIF of Grievous doing the spinning, you know, lightsaber thing." And and they're like, this is the first thing I thought of. I was like, me too. And then we kept talking about this droid has posters. He's a fanboy of Grievous. He's got posters on the wall at home. <laughs> he just, we just created this headcanon about <laughs> this. And we just created this little headcanon. And it's hilarious when you think about it. But that's why he does it. He just has little hollow videos where he just watches Grievous versus Obi-Wan from Utapau. And it's just, <laughs> he's just like, this is what I was born for. Yeah. <laughs> he's just all in for it. Yeah, no. So I love the droids. And then you mentioned the little bitty rabbit looking one, you know, although when uh -huh. he held it up, it looked more like a turkey, you know, to <laughs> me. But um, it really did. I, I, it looked like a dead turkey. I don't uh -huh. know what else to say. So <laughs> it was it was just funny watching it. Just like, no, nah, I'm out. And he just turns himself off and just. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was just funny. It was just it was really good comedic timing. And rural farm boys letting us know it's a it's an an LEP droid or a LEP mm. droid. I'm going to go mm. with LEP. That sounds more Star Wars. Mm. So um, nice. You know, thank you for Rural Farm Boy always giving us the Clutch. giving us the lowdown. Always Clutch. the clutchest of clutch. And what's yeah. what's up? What's up, Brock 85? Appreciate you being here. Hey, Brock. Glad I, I think here. I'm seeing right. that you're a death trooper in your in your profile pic. I'm, I'm digging that. Digging that. Oh, OK, yeah. that is awesome. next. Next up, we get inside the hangar where action goes down before the two escape. In particular, a lot of cool little moments uh, with this. I'm trying to look through here to make see if I put anything down. But really, I think the biggest things that that stuck out to me were the the overall shot of seeing the ship there in the hangar was very satisfying to me. I, I love yes. the way that that was shot. Um, and also, in particular, Phoenix fighting and shooting. Wow. Like she crushed yeah. it. And, and these, honestly, this this might have been the best action moment delivered by this show so far. Like Ming Na Wen was committed, and she was laying down the hammer. And I loved, yes, loved, loved everything that she was doing in this moment. What did you think? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's just a perfect callback to Mandalorian season two, which is funny because it foreshadows in a way what we see in Mandalorian season two now we're gonna have to come up with the the correct order in which to watch mandalorian and book of boba fett oh gosh like we do yeah. all, all of our machete <laughs> orders and everything we always come up with i mean phone wars yeah yeah we're gonna have to figure out a way to watch this now i think however with that being said um that she just killed it i mean fennec just con con consistently proves how important she is to boba's upcoming war the more i see her in this show the less i begin to believe that she's going to betray boba like i've been saying for the last few weeks thank and you. thank you so much i just <laughs> i just think i've been wanting it to happen because i think how cool would that be but uh -huh. you know and not to get too far ahead but with the end of the episode mm. and the musical notes we get 
it kind of solidifies that's not where this is going to me. Yeah. So, well, and I think there's also a conversation that they have too that that really makes me feel like that's not an option at this point. Uh, and we'll we'll definitely get to that. It's another fireside chat that they have. Yeah. Uh, but another thing too that we haven't mentioned in the scene yet was how cool was it to be in the Fet ship again. I mean, it's always yes. fun to see the interior design of fire spray. Well, I got I got some Attack of the Clones, you know, vibes because you know when when Boba and or, I mean when Django is fighting Obi Wan, Boba climbs into the cockpit and literally, you know, he lays down to you know shoot the guns at Obi Wan. So as Boba's climbing into the cockpit the whole time, I'm thinking, man, he's done this before. Like it was just. It was just interesting to me to go back and see, oh, Boba's, this is not the first time Boba has had to climb into the cockpit on screen. It was just nice to kind of remember that for me. I don't know if anybody else caught that. That was just something that was a nice little nod. Even if it was a nod, it probably wasn't. I just thought it was interesting to, to see the connections there in that little moment. Yeah, back in back in the fire spray, back in Boba's ship. I mean, yeah, come on. I mean, it's just it's always it's just so cool because it, there's no there's not many other ships like it right you know right. the falcon's very original the n1 starfighter is very original the tie fighter is very original but like boba's ship it, it doesn't really get a whole lot better than mm -hmm. than it it's just that and I, I still have the toy at home i used to play with when i was a kid it's it's very cool i love that thing <laughs> yeah absolutely well and we get an incredible moment next in this episode with this ship where when they're escaping, you know, Boba says that he's headed to settle a few scores. We know what those scores are going to be. Uh, and Finnick yeah. commits to staying with him by saying she'll go for the ride and the ride that they uh, immediately go on is Boba flies up on the Nikto speeder gang and wipes them all out with fire spray fire i mean this was brutal and, and i again i remember in our tuesday stream you know me saying this is gonna be your stereotypical view of boba fett before seeing the book of boba fett was oh he's just this ruthless killer and i remember saying tuesday boba fett is gonna be boba fett in this moment and he yeah. certainly was and he and I after he knows he was just done, going to turn it on. Yeah. After he was done, he just looks at Finnick and there's just this little head nod. And they're like, all right. Yeah, you did what you needed to. I won't judge you. Absolutely. Let's keep going. I love it's kind of like. Him. Like I played football with guys who were just some of the coolest and nicest guys. And I played mm -hmm. baseball with these guys, too. And and by the time they got, you know, got to the field and it was go time, animals, pure animals and that's what that's kind of what Boba is here in this. And when he's in his element, you know, mm -hmm. when he's in his element and it's time to just kind of flip that switch and, and be the ruthless guy that he's had to be in situations. That's what this was um, to me. And it was so I, I'm still trying to get a hold of of a decent image of him shooting down these speeder bike people because mm. I haven't found one online yet. That's not like, you know, or taking a pic. I don't want to take a picture of my TV. It just looks bad. So, right. Right. Um, <laughs> I need a new, what I'm saying is I need a new desktop background and that's mm. the one I want it to so be. So you want that's the what I'm ruthless to killing to be your desktop background. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's Boba, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it, it was great. I mean, you know, I usually don't root for just brutality, but this brutality. This was one I cool. did. It was I like cool. brutality when it's justified. Like sure. when it's justified brutality, sure. it's always it's that's when it's like, OK, that's fine. You can kill them yeah. on screen, not in real life. OK, <laughs> don't everybody go, go nuts. I'm not trying to be that person. I'm saying in a movie, you know, like Daredevil or something, you know, when it's justified or Batman, uh -huh. you know, that's what I'm looking for here. And that's Boba here. That, that's some yeah. justified uh well murder but anyway <laughs> <laughs> all right so next up in the uh, episode let's keep going here uh boba and finnick arrive at the sarlacc pit something that i you know didn't expect to see i didn't expect no, to go back to the sarlacc pit at all but they begin to search for boba's armor you know and, and i saw the argument online like uh boba was conscious to get out of the sarlacc with his armor on why would he go back yeah you never know you know he might have been and he he was there is no might have been he was he was mentally probably insane in those moments like he, he probably had no clue what was going on he was just going off of uh instinct but i just wanted to say that so boba 
kind of in this moment confirms that, you know, his best car steel would survive the Sarlacc. Uh, and then they're kind of zooming in there, trying to get in to see if the armor is in fact in there and the Sarlacc awakens and grabs the ship. It was kind of like, okay, this is obviously going to happen because why else would mm -hmm. he be hovering over this for so yeah. long? Finnick then, and, and this is the moneymaker, Finnick drops a seismic charge inside the Sarlacc's mouth officially killing that sarlacc that has forever been the uh i don't know the i guess the thorn in the, boba's side like it, it's gone say it's the over bane, the bane of his existence is what i was gonna say yeah there you the go thorn in the side go. is still well I, i'm gonna be you said you mentioned that this was definitely gonna be a jump scare and mm. i knew it was gonna be a jump scare and i was just i'm sitting there like here it comes here it comes What's it going to happen? Oh, gosh, you know, I just, <laughs> yeah, okay. I like, oh, and what threw me off, <laughs> what threw me off is I thought the little hole was where he burned through, but then that's where it shot through. So that's why I kind of jumped because I was like, oh, okay. They're shining the light on where he torched through in chapter one, but then nope. Yeah. That's where the Sarlacc just comes flying at you. <laughs> yeah. And so much of it was just odd, you know, and Rafa makes a good point. And I think I have a decent rebuttal to this point. He said he doesn't even know why he thought the armor was there. I understand what you're thinking, because as the viewer, we saw him climb out with the armor on. But what happens as soon as he climbs out with the armor on, he passes out, you know, mm -hmm. and then gets knocked out by a Jawa, which is still I'm still not happy about. Still hilarious. Still it's awesome. Little, it's I little, love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is hilarious. But like I said, I, I've had, by the way, I need to, I've calmed down on my Jawa hate because there hasn't been a whole lot of Jawa activity. And baby, and <laughs> I, almost, I almost called Boba baby because <laughs> you said Utini. <laughs> Got my brain messed up there. But anyway, um, that's beside the point. So I think that he was just out of it. That's why he thought it was still there. Because the next thing he saw, was being drug off by uh, Tuscan. So he just probably yeah. thought, oh, well, that's where it is, you know. And he didn't know. He could have rolled down into the pit. Someone could have thrown it in. Who knows, you know. Mm -hmm. There's no telling what goes on in the sands of Tatooine. Yeah. And then Sup Hayden. Oh, is it Sup Hayden or Sup Hayden? Anyone else get concerned the seismic charge was going to detonate too early and damage the ship? I mean, yeah, of course. You know, that's 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 part of the, uh, you know, the, the what's the – the action, the stress, the anxiety, you know, all mm -hmm. those things. That's part of that. Yeah. It's, it's just good storytelling. At well, that point. here I am, you know, Hayden puts that in, in the chat and my mathematical brain. This is what I just thought about doing. Okay. And you're going to uh -oh. call me a nerd uh -oh. and everybody here is going to uh -oh. call me a nerd. You're going to go time it. It's time for us to go back to attack of the clones and back to the Mandalorian and back to this moment and see if the seconds match up. Like, we got to see if we should always be able really? to expect five seconds really? until detonation. <laughs> this is about as dumb as me saying, where's the wood on Tatooine? That's this the equivalent. I bet Boba knows the answer because he's got to be Who? able to calculate that. Boba's got to oh, be Boba? able to calculate that in order to jet off before the seismic charge goes off. Here's a better, here's a better question. How did Fennec know what that button did? Because she's the one that pushed the button. That's a good point. Maybe she's been in the Maybe. ship before. Maybe Boba lost a ship back during the Bad Batch or whatever, and she's been on board. Who knows? I doubt it. That, I, that's a stretch. Like that's that a logic. big stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, um, yes, concerned. And now if you want to go time, okay, I expect you to come back with a timing because I'm with not going to do it. With the report. I got you. I, got I want you. a two-page, double-space, front and back. If okay, it's report. inconsistent, <laughs> I am writing a thesis to Lucasfilm on the <laughs> horrendous uh, disregard for mathematical Go ahead and existence. <laughs> calculations. Okay, C-3PO, never tell me the odds. Let's just move on from this because you're going to add your zipper complaints next. This is going down the Sarlacc pit hole right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what... Next. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> it was a great moment. And yeah, people in the chat are saying oh, that the, the sound is the best you gotta love that that seismic charge sound 100 mm. uh anyway um where are we at <laughs> where are we at? i don't know <laughs> somewhere in the sarlacc pit let me see all right boba <laughs> goes into the sarlacc pit for confirmation the armor's not there which is great because fennec pulls him out by a rope that's always fun um, and then he just continues to voice his frustrations with his past jobs and hires, you know, and questioning how he, how many lives could have been saved if people just stopped to talk and think, you know, mm -hmm. I, I thought that was 
really cool. And I'm going to go ahead and read this quote here that we've got in our notes. Then I'll toss it back to Caleb. It says, I'm tired of our kind. I think he means bounty hunters dying because of the idiocracy of others. We're smarter than them. It's time we take our shot, which I'm just like, absolutely. You tired of working for people? Go for it. You know, it's kind of like when you hear about people who were working for some rinky dink, you know, boss or, or business. And they're like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Screw you guys. I'm going to start Google, you know, stuff like that. That's kind of what it reminded me of. What about you, Caleb? Well, it, it just gave me, you know, it gave me more just uh, justification on why Boba's doing the things that he's doing. You know, I'm, I have seen kind of the argument of people online saying, like, why is Boba even worried about Tatooine at this point in his life? I just think he's to the point where he doesn't he wants to be in control and he sees an opportunity here uh, on Moss Espa to, to be in control he he wants to become the daimyo of moss espa and he wants finnick there and this is the official kind of extension where he offers finnick to be his right hand brains and muscle and, and this is the point where we kind of discussed this earlier um where i believe that this moment puts a nail in the coffin as far as boba is and Finnick are not going to split up where he yeah. offers loyalty and that he will cut her in on the success and pledge his life to protect hers. We know when Boba says that he means it. And I certainly do not expect Boba to go back from that. I mean, I, and I feel like we know Finnick enough to where she's not going to back out of that. So I'm, I'm glad that they kind of made that commitment. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And, and your big theory that you've had brewing in my opinion, oh, yeah. seeming like it's gone, but, but what do you think? It probably is gone. You know, this ridiculous theory I came up with in the beginning of the series that she would peel off and start a uh, Kanja club as seen in force awakens. Yeah. Purely based on the fact that two people had the same last name. I mean, that was it. Not only that though, that was always going to be a, a pipe dream, but the fact that, you know, they are going to probably seem to be in a solid relationship here for quite a while. I got to be honest with you. It was the closest thing to a wedding ceremony I've seen in Star Wars since Attack of the Clones. I mean, it's not very often you hear somebody say, I pledge my life to protect you or work with you, whatever you want to say, and it not be romantic. So it's kind of neat to see that this is not a romantic situation yet. I don't think it's going to go that way, but it's just nice to be like, okay, you can you can, it's just kind of showing you can be dedicated to another person without having to show all the pomp and frill of a romance, you know, especially mm. in something that is so easy as basically the story of a bounty hunter, you know, and I know he's not a bounty hunter anymore, but you, you, you know, you guys catch my drift. So um, I think that the situation overall is great. I don't think they're splitting up now um, mm. okay. watch them totally just subvert that and go back to my original thoughts, you know, next week, hopefully not, you know, cause I'm really digging what they've got going on here. And um, I now just recant all theories <laughs> of, of betrayal, even though they were, they were and Timothy Livingston says friendship can exist. I know it's nuts. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> that friendship can exist. And then also, I don't want to go over. First of all, we had someone else join the chat named spicy watermelon. What I don't know spicy? what kind of watermelon. I don't know <laughs> what kind of watermelon you were eating, but I don't want any of it. Uh, but then Rafa also says, I love the new philosophy of Boba. He's closing a part of his life. And now he wants to start a new one, taking his destiny in his own hands if you think about it he's never had this opportunity that's very good insight rafa mm. if you go back even into clone wars wow that's got me kind of doing a, a deep dive now so anyway and rafa's like wait a minute finnick and boba are just friends <laughs> the uh people on pinterest and twitter would have you believe otherwise mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. i'll leave it at for now they are friends until otherwise stated sure sure okay we are then kind of to this moment where they commit to each other. You know, that's where the flashback kind of concludes and we get these moments. We, we see the scene of Boba Fett killing Bib Fortuna and the flashback plot line seemingly comes to a conclusion. Although I feel like there are some thoughts on that, that, that we could dive into uh, as it is caught up with present day. I feel like that moment though is portraying that, that flashback, that we have been focused on has been wrapped up 
Uh, Boba has met up with Finnick. Yes. The only thing really that that is left to question is how Boba finds his armor. But honestly, I, I'm okay with not getting that specific answer. I mean, if he was able to see the flashes of the battle going on between Mando and Finnick, I'm assuming he'd be able to hear the the fights between Mando, Cobb Vanth, and the Tuscans with the crate Dragon. So, I mean, I don't really need to see that yeah. happen. I, I feel like yeah. that's kind of wrapped up if they don't, if they decide not to show that. Uh, so it seems like, because as soon as we go to present day, the droid confirms and informs Boba that he has been completely healed. So it seems like flashbacks are over. And yeah. I would have to say that at least flashback to tanks are over. But I'm still yes. thinking about how heavily they've teased this young Boba on Camino thing. Like, I'm still thinking about that a little bit. I don't know. And again, I don't want to get too far into predictions. I would just say be careful, audience and listeners and viewers, to assume that we're done with any kind of flashback because Finnick, as soon as he gets out of that tank, says um, his internal scars aren't healed or something like that. And we know <laughs> there could be some internal scars there with his uh, relationship with his father. Yeah that they keep teasing with the Camino moment. So just some thoughts on that. DJ, I'm anything you. you want to say before we get to the present day plot line? Well, I want to, but it's such a, it's such a big prediction that I want to wait. Okay. Um, and, you know, I know in two weeks I won't be on the show because that baby has to be born <laughs> next week. The doctor said so. Okay. So, I tell you, just just as heads up, I told Caleb maybe Tuesday I'll be here. Thursday <laughs> probably not, but yeah. just a heads up for all of our regulars. But at the same time, um, I, I don't want to go too far ahead. So you know, I'll I'll hold on to that, even though I've already. If you want to know what I think about might happen in chapter six, mm. which is in two weeks, mm -hmm. I've mentioned it already on previous you know streams. So go back and check check out a couple of our previous streams to hear my thoughts on chapter six. I'll leave it at that. All right. All right. Well, and, and if you're not here, needless to say, guys, we will still get his predictions and thoughts. He'll probably just text them yes. to me or something like you'll still hear from from DJ throughout this process. OK, the present day stuff. So so Finnick informs that the major domo is held prisoner and is sharing information, but there is still no sign of the mayor and Boba decides to visit Garza Whip's sanctuary where Black Crescenton attacks Trandoshans, which love this moment because those of you that don't know Clone Wars, we dive into the fact that Trandoshans hunt Wookiees. So obviously there would be hatred uh, from Black Crescenton to these Trandoshans as those Trandoshans are thriving. So that's kind of why his hatred gets brewing there. And he's, he's probably yeah. been, he's probably been uh, indulging in quite a few beverages as well. So that probably, uh, enticed him to attack those guys a little bit too and, and garza i gotta mention this too because as he attacks the trandoshans garza is very sketch to me in in these moments where she's trying to discuss and talk carsanton out of killing these trandoshans and by the way she was not successful at all because he just completely rips the arm off which is a complete connection to Han saying that Chewie rips off arms, you know, back in the original trilogy. So love that moment. Well, uh, what did you think? I even, well, just with Carsanton, first of all, you know, yeah. it was one arm fell off in a cantina, mm -hmm. a new hope right there, yep. you know, an arm was chopped off and that was another callback. It was a double callback. I thought, um, in that moment, you know, I'm loving Clone Wars connections, even Battlefront 2 connections, because um, Han actually yells at Bosk, you know, in the, the heroes versus villains stuff. You're like, oh, are you still hunting Wookiees? And then Bosk says something back to him. The only thing I'm having a hard time getting on board with with Chrysanthemum being here is mm -hmm. it's such a small thing. But on Boba's armor in episodes five and six, he has braided Wookiee fur hanging off of his armor. So does Chrysanthemum just not know that Boba has Wookiee fur hanging off of his armor? I mean, it just, it's a small thing. It's not a big deal because I can see how the Trandoshans are known for hunting Wookiees. So I can see why Chrysanthemum would be like, whatever about Boba and, you know, take all his anger on the Trandoshans. But all of that, you know, was fantastic. Yes, Garza Flip is sus, big time. Sus, she big is, time. I mean, you know, throwing it back to last year, you know, with that one, but... <laughs> 
Um, you know, she's very much trying to get something happening here with Garza. I mean, not with Garza, with Chrysanthemum. It doesn't work. And Boba, I love that little nod Boba gives. He's just like, well, it was worth a shot. She just kind of shrugs it off and moves on. You know, it's like, oh, you can't, you can't help everybody and kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I thought was fun. Yeah. And I thought this, this entire moment was very fun. Um, I do have to say this, and this might be me being too analytical and diving too deep into this. I feel like Garza's wardrobe upgrade to be very flashy is storytelling in a sense. Like she is thriving. She seems to be thriving the most out of anybody in this show so far. There's got to be something behind the scenes that is not good going on. It could be. I'm coming up with this on the spot right now. It could be a callback to The Last Jedi and Canto Bite and Mm. DJ and Finn's conversation where he's like, look, these are the people who make and sell the weapons for you to fight your war. It kind of seems like this is a smaller version of that potentially where Garza Whip, you know, is just profiting off of a war that is about to happen. You know, Mm. I'm not saying she's an arms dealer or anything like that. It's just, she clearly has the refuge, the sanctuary of her own cantina for people to run to. So, you know, it, it could be something, something like, like that, but it's really hard to know what they're doing here. Also, though, her wardrobe could just simply be a callback to the fact that she was in that movie Flashdance back in the yeah, 80s. I've seen that online, too. Yeah. So I, that's what I took it as that or it's a Princess Leia reference because mm. she is wearing all white and it's a very Star Wars looking, you know, the way the the way the wardrobe falls off of her and, and really you know, it's a very beautiful outfit. But, yeah, absolutely. I, that's something. And it could it could be anything. It could be a callback to any number of things. But sure. for me, I just if we're gonna go purely story, yes, mm-hmm. I think that there is something to be said about she could potentially be profiting somewhere with whatever she's got going on behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and before we move away from this, I do have to say just just one more time because I don't remember if you said it or not, DJ. But the fact that Boba does officially recruit. Black Crescent, phenomenal. We are going to get. Yes. We're going to get what we wanted with that. They are g- definitely going to work together. Uh, the only thing saw, that we yeah. didn't get was, you know, when I first saw Black Crescent and I wanted to see Boba suited up in armor versus Black Crescent. We didn't get that, but I, I, I'm more excited yeah. about the team up than anything. Well, I saw somewhere online that Boba and Finnick are going to be recruiting their own kind of magnificent seven, seven samurai uh-huh. type of thing, which we know from the, the Disney gallery episodes of Mandalorian that Favreau loves seven samurai and loves magnificent seven, which are both incredible movies. I encourage everybody to see seven samurai. One of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Um, and I've seen the newer magnificent seven and not the original, but it's the same vibe. So I'm thinking there's going to be a major team up here. So if they're going to go full-blown Magnificent Seven, right now we've got Fennec, Chrysanthemum, Boba being the leader, Mm -hmm. potentially Danny Trejo's The Rancor Wrangler, which now Star Wars has released Rancor Wrangler socks. If anybody wants to buy Rancor Wrangler socks, they're out there. Um, With Danny Trejo's face on the shin. (laughs) Come on, you know, awesome. But – Anyway, this th- there's still a remaining three, and I don't – can I go ahead and say what's teased at the end to kind of go yeah. pair with this yeah. uh, Magnificent yeah. Seven? Well, if you've been here this long, you, you definitely know that the Mandalorian music was playing at the end of this episode. Mm. So if you put Mando in there, that's one more person to add to that Magnificent Seven-type team-up. Sure. Um, and I see that Spicy Watermelon's down here saying it's the Star Wars Avengers. It kind of is yeah. in a way. For sure. And so I, I like that connection, but you know, there's going to be a really cool team up here, and mm-hmm. it's it all started with really the recruiting of Black Chrysanthemum. I think in this in this moment before we yeah. can really move on to the Crime Lord dinner. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're. I think you're. You're definitely on to something for sure. Uh, now this Crime Lord dinner it wouldn't be the first time Crime Lord dinner that was heavily marketed, heavily marketed. We finally get it. Uh, of all the crime lords of Moss Espa dining in the throne room. 
Boba requests that the families join in a defensive alliance until the Pike Syndicate is vanquished, which the group disagrees with. So Boba asks for their neutrality while he handles the Pikes himself, and they agree. Now, before, you know, we have to, you know, we keep moving. During this moment, though, the Rancor puts them all in their place. Like, they were very much, uh, they were very much freely going against what Boba was saying. Like, they weren't necessarily intimidated. But then when that Rancor, you know, made some noise and, and made its appearance known, that shook them and you could visually yeah. see that that shook them and that led them led to them agreeing to keep that neutrality. Now, will they keep that neutrality? We'll see. I have my doubts just based on who they well, are. Yeah. Uh, but what did you think of the finally getting this crime Lord dining sequence? I was glad we got it. It was very reminiscent of Godfather part one and part two, just there's some good stuff in there. And I know that they were pulling from Godfather to kind of do this show anyway. Um, but with that being said, the fact that the Rancor jumped and latched on to that grate where they were all sitting and Boba and Finnick were like, just like we planned it. They were just sitting back, just letting it happen. Yeah. And it, it really did show everybody. I will feed you to the Rancor if you cross me and I power move, man, power move. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, Boba's definitely willing to work together, but only so far as he can. And an, I think a very important thing to remember here is, is that there is no honor amongst thieves. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's what we're – we may end up with these crime lords joining forces with the Pikes. I, I don't think so because I think Boba is ready to wreck shop. But at the same time, th there's just no telling right now. I will say it's it's nice to finally get this scene because – it's been heavily marketed, as you said. So I'm glad we're at this point now, and it really just pushes the envelope that much further. I know on Tuesday, Caleb, you said something about how you were concerned that people were going to only be talking about Moon Knight, you know, as mm -hmm. the Book of Boba mm -hmm. Fett premiered. And as soon as, you know, everything happened with Boba Fett and then the Mandalorian music starts playing at the end, I think that all summed up. And I was like, okay, yeah, nobody's talking about Moon Knight anymore. You know, we're back yeah. on. We're back on Star Wars sides of things. So, and, and I think the internet has proven that that has been the case for mm -hmm. sure. So yeah. it's great that that's what's going on. Absolutely. Now, before we leave this scene, we had some things here in the chat that I wanted to say uh, or mention. Miss Sunflower said Pikes will recruit Bosk and Cad Bane. Wouldn't that be something? Because, I mean, That'd there's something yeah. there's the villains making their alliances and, and making their Avengers team up. That would that would lead to quite a showdown yeah. and then miss sunflower again said what if boba makes a house full of bounty hunters mm, i love it i love it <laughs> it's like a fraternity it's like a fraternity at that point they're just all there like how many kills did you get last week uh, i don't want to talk about it you yeah. know they just kind of brush it off or something it'd be insane all right well, i don't think it's gonna be cad bane though i don't think it's gonna be cad really? bane well I'll get into a chapter six prediction really quick then for the sake of okay. what I've been thinking. Sure. But here's the deal. I, I've been thinking that Cad Bane will show up in Dave Filoni's written episode because it has been confirmed that he's writing chapter six. And I think that's where we're going to get Cad Bane to show up. I think it's going to be in a flashback. And I think it's going to be a younger Boba played by Daniel Logan. So that's what I'm hoping for in chapter six. And so I don't think it'll be Cad Bane, but who knows, you know, if it is Dave, if Dave Filoni wants to bring in Cad Bane and just wipe the slate clean of what they had planned for Clone Wars season six or seven, and it never got to that point, that's fine. But I, I would still prefer to see that thing kind of make it into live action. So that's what yeah. I wanted to say on that little piece there. But that that was about it. All right. Okay. Well, our final moments here of this episode and then we'll kind of turn back to the chat and see what's going on uh, before we kind of wrap up the show boba and finnick watch the families leave from atop the palace and question if they can be trusted something that we here uh, have kind of done ourselves boba says they must prepare for war finnick says credits can buy muscle if you know where to look and that is where we then get the mandalorian and as soon as I heard this, guys, guys, I, I just started, you know, that it's, it's the famous, you know, 
meme or whatever of, of Steve Carell and in, in the office. It's happening. Yes. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how I felt. Everybody stay calm. Stay 100%, calm. 100% that was me. Uh, and 100% Din Djarin is showing up. Now, this kind of made me go. This is I'm about to just do speculation moment. Go. Just heavy speculation go. moment. Do it. Something do it. that that I have said way back in this show way back like first when mando talk started with this first season of of the mandalorian whenever young din Djarin was picked up i remember specifically saying that that planet that he is on gives me naboo vibes and there's this new report there's this new rumor that whoa din Djarin could potentially be piloting an n1 naboo fighter I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. Maybe Holy that's what what could happen. We'll see. I don't. I, who knows? What in the world? Hold on. I'm, we got. I got to stop. Hold on. I mean, sure. <laughs> that is such a big thing. You, the words that just came out of your face. I don't even <laughs> know how to. I don't know how to. I don't know how to comprehend what you just said. Because, first of all, I I did not hear that particular episode of Mando talk back way back, day. way back. I mean, so. <laughs> Excuse me for just a second as I try to find the Mandalorian season one real quick on Disney Plus because I'm over here like where would that have even been? Whenever out there, you know, young Din Djarin is picked up by the the, the death. The, no, the, I the know death what you're talking. Yeah, I know what you're referring to. Uh-huh. I'm just kind of freaked out at the moment because I just suddenly <laughs> realized that that could be a possibility, and I'm I'm scrubbing along the freaking timeline of Chapter Seven real quick to see if that. I can even find something there. I, I, I am blown away by what you just said. I can't I remember can't even, exactly can't, which which chapter those that. those moments were, but I, I you know, I'm I've been itching to, to say that. I've been itching to say that because there is that report that's out there of of an N one Naboo fighter showing up, and and now we just saw chapter four of the book of Boba Fett and we know Din Djarin is coming back. Uh, so you know, let's just pause on the speculation and. and what does this moment mean to you, though, of Din Djarin coming back to the Book of Boba Fett? Well, okay, rumors aside, I could talk about those for another hour for sure, but rumors aside, so him coming back, it, it means what they've been saying all along, that this is Mandalorian Season 2.5, mm-hmm. okay? They've been saying this. It has been a known fact, and I say they being Lucasfilm, Favreau, Rodriguez, shoot probably even kathleen kennedy at this point has said that i have no idea i don't remember every i can't remember a report i've read but in this case it's it's a big deal that they are going to start setting up something that Mm -hmm. we're not going to see for probably a whole year Mm -hmm. like let that sink in for just a second we're not going to see mando until probably december we're just at the earliest yeah at the yeah at the earliest you know that's just how that's based on timing and what they've got coming down the pipeline for this year on disney plus because they want to space it out they want to keep people guessing so whatever's going on with mando in book of boba fett is about to blow our minds Mm -hmm. um and i think it's going to lead somewhere really incredible so for me it's confirmation of what they've been saying because up until yesterday, not one time that I ever think this was Mando 2.5, not yeah. one time. Um, and I, I'm glad that this is now saying this. Um, Ryan V is upset about bringing up something about uh, Mandalorian not coming, I think until the end of the year mm. in our chat, <laughs> but it is what it is. And we don't have a choice, but to deal with it in this case, Sure. So to answer your question, Caleb, it means a lot. Um, Mandalorian did what Star Wars needed at the time was unite the fandom. And mm-hmm. given that the little bit of divisiveness that have been here with Book of Boba Fett, it was nice to get that. Oh, and go move. I couldn't believe it. For, personally, I was I was sitting on the couch. And my couch is right here next to me. I'm sitting on the couch. and I was like, what's going on? I was like, there's no way. And, mm-hmm. I, and of course, it's. 6 30 in the morning my wife's not awake yet so i'm just like texting caleb like he's at work and i'm like i'm still sitting on the couch in my jammies trying to figure out what the heck's going on and caleb's like me too but i'm at work you know it's just it it was so much so anyway i'm floored 
by this. Absolutely floored by this. I can't wait to see what they do and what notes of Mando 2 and Mando 3 we're going to get as we see him show up because he's coming. You know, he's he coming. He is coming, and and I'm excited. I There is part of me that's, like, slightly bummed that that in Boba Fett's show, it had to bring Din Djarin in for me to get extremely ecstatic. Like, I feel like you somebody could view that as a negative as far as, like, oh, the Din Djarin has to get you pumped up for the Book of Boba Fett. Like, I see that. I don't care, though. Like, this this partnership that these two characters developed in Season 2 of The Mandalorian yeah. is so captivating to me, and, and I can't wait to just see the conversations that we have between these two. It, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah, I could, see Bo- I could see Boba being like, where's the kid? And then be like, I gave him to a Jedi. And he'd be uh, like, what Jedi? You know? oh. <laughs> and then that's when Luke show, and that's when Luke shows up in an X-Wing. And, and Mando's <laughs> like, I, oh, don't worry. You can talk to him in a second. And then Boba and Luke have another fight. <laughs> and yeah, Luke sure. goes in the Sarlacc pit. I'm just well, kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, but Luke brings Han with him, you know, and then we get, you know, that shoot down, that showdown between Boba and <laughs> I'm just kidding. That is a joke. That's not oh, happening, man. folks. Oh, man. It's not happening. <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> it, it's great to have Din Djarin coming back for these final three chapters that we have remaining. I cannot wait to see what we've got left. DJ, to wrap this up just real quickly, is there anything in that chat that we need to address uh, potentially or anything well, else, you know, that you want to kind of sound off on? Well, we, we've got some Kenobi talk saying it's the most anticipated show of the year. That's that's a no-brainer. That one's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the N1 Starfighter and Naboo Fighter st- talk is kind of happening. Yeah, Miss Sunflower says it's like an old leak. But, hey, it's a leak nonetheless. And maybe we'll see that, you know, go down Den piloting it. Look, if that happens, you're not going to hear me upset over it. I, I'm a child of the prequels. So y- watch that yellow Starfighter come in great for me perfect for me i don't mind one bit um but other than that you know i'm not really seeing anything okay. too specific but as far as my final thoughts go and they say the cinematographer even said it chapter five six and seven are the real deal so that was from miss sunflower as well and uh we also don't forget dave filoni wrote these uh, one of these episodes coming up chapter six confirmed mm-hmm. for sure so we're gonna get some really really cool notes for sure yeah. Personally, I I just want to really quickly give overall thoughts for this episode. I Absolutely. love this episode. It. It's my it's in the number two spot for me for this season. I tweeted that out the other day. If you want to go see those tweets, you can go to my Twitter account and uh, which is below. Uh, well, it's sometimes below. It's not below right now, but sometimes it's below my. It's below right box now. here. Yeah, it there. is okay. See, yeah, because I don't I don't get to see the uh, live feed that. That Caleb gets it's a little yeah, you know. a little after the fact it's okay <laughs> anyway my name is below if you want to go check out my order of my favorites thus far but other than that no I just I, I look forward to next Wednesday because it's going to be exciting stuff and you know god willing I'll be able to hold my child while I watch that would yeah Din Djarin come back and, I mean that'll be ooh, it'll be a big a moment way. for me what a way it'll be to, a big uh, it'll be a big it'll be a big moment for me because star wars is just always revolving around my yeah. head always um so it'll be cool hopefully that's what happens well i don't know probably not the baby does, <laughs> that baby is stubborn i'm telling you so that's but that's it i love chapter four so much and i'm looking for i hope to see this director again i really yeah. really enjoyed this directorial style i really yeah. really enjoy it and, and i'll just say too that um for me, I think this is my favorite chapter so far, um, wow. only because of the connections that we're getting to a show that I've just fallen in love with, with the Mandalorian. So all good things for me. And, and I know that there are so many rumors, potential possibilities that we could see in the book of Boba Fett now with just that little Mandalorian musical cue. And I tell you what, folks, we will do. De- we will discuss that in more detail on Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time during our Chapter 5 predictions. Uh, I promise you, we are definitely going to talk about those rumors. There's all kind of rumors surrounding the show. We'll maybe even talk about, you know, 
how Mando really does fit into this because it's it is kind of it's 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 a question mark right now, you know, because we haven't seen it unfold and I can't wait to see it unfold. And I hope that you guys, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel or whatever platform you are listening to, uh, I hope that you will subscribe to us and, and continue to have fun with us uh, as we go through the book of Boba Fett and as we kind of cover all great things with Star Wars. All right. And, and special thank you to all of our live viewers. The chat, this is like four or five times in a row now that the chat all has the been way. hype. Like the chat yeah. is, it, it's, it's awesome. And, and just share it with friends. Have them come in here, and, and that way we can just continue to grow, and we can continue to have more fun, and we can continue to get your guys' thoughts on the show. Because, again, in my opinion, I like your guys' thoughts more than I like my thoughts. So keep them coming. Make plans to be here every Tuesday and Thursday yeah, at 6 p.m. suck. Yeah, I know, man. They stink. They absolutely stink. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's get out of here. Uh, DJ, we'll see you when, you, when we see you. But uh, I hope all things go well, and, you know, I'll continue to be praying for you and for your family. Thank you. Let's show some Thank love for DJ much. in the chat. Show some love for DJ in the chat for him and his family, especially his wife. <laughs> Y'all are going to make me cry. <laughs> That's why the helmet's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. We hope that you have a blessed weekend. We hope that you rewatch Chapter 4 numerous times as we get ready for Chapter 5 of the Book of Boba Fett. And until next time, as always, we have spoken. <laughs>